Let me ask you something. Have you ever felt your heart pounding uncontrollably fast, like it was going to pop right out of your chest? Maybe you have found yourself suddenly sweating, shaking, feeling nauseous while your chest seemingly tightens to the point you feel like you're losing control and just might die right there on the spot. Or maybe you've ended up in the emergency room having what felt like a heart attack only to be told that it's all in your head? If any of this sounds familiar to you, this week's episode is really going to help get you back to where you need to be. Because I'm pulling back the curtain and revealing the nasty truth about panic attacks. You'll learn exactly what to do and exactly how to stop them. Stay with us. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this week's episode of What the Tigers Taught Me. I'm your host, Stephen Diamond, and you might have seen me on the hit Netflix TV series, Tiger King 2, The Doc Antle Story. You see, I grew up performing all over the world with real lions and tigers as a professional illusionist. And on this podcast, I use the term tiger as a metaphor for all of those shadowy creatures that lurk deep inside of us all only to rear their dangerous little heads when we least expect it. You know, things like stress and depression, anxiety, shyness, and today, we're going to talk about a particularly nasty little beast, because on this week's episode, I'm going to reveal the nasty truth about panic attacks. So, let's get into it. You know, full-blown panic attacks can happen anywhere anytime, and for no apparent reason at all. It can be terrifying when you don't know what is happening to you. I'll give you a great example. After I retired from touring, having performed in over 90 countries around the world, I settled back here in Las Vegas and began producing everything from major corporate arena events to high-end parties for companies like Playboy and the Grammys. I even worked on the tours and residencies for celebrities like Britney Spears and Cher. Now, this type of work might seem glamorous, but the reality is, it's a really, really tough way to make a living. This work is typically 15 to 18 hours a day, with few days off, if any, for an extended period of time. There are lots of egos and corporate politics involved, and you had better be on top of your game 24-7, or you'll be replaced in the very blink of an eye by one of the other 400 alligators behind you nipping at your ankles looking for your job. The production world in Las Vegas is a vicious dog-eat-dog type of game. It's really three-dimensional chess, and you had better be able to keep up with the grandmasters at which you're up against at any given time. One night, I had been working an event for Justin Bieber's 21st birthday at the world-famous Omnia nightclub inside of Caesars Palace. The worldwide press was there, and it was a very high-end, high-stress event. And everything had better be perfect because your job depends on it. 
It was my job that night to produce all of the atmosphere and aerial performers inside of the club. Now, if you've ever been to Omnia, you might remember seeing those beautiful girls flying through the air with the greatest of ease, delivering bottles of overpriced champagne to high rollers in what seemed at the time like an ego-driven pecker measuring contest to see who could outspend the other. (laughs) Well, my job was just to make sure the wow factor was there and when those girls come flying down out of the ceiling (laughs) I'll tell you every jaw in the house would hit the floor none of this happens by magic I assure you it takes a highly trained team of experienced show business veterans to really create that wonder and that magic every single night it's a super high stress high pressure work environment and at this point I had been doing it for almost a decade. It was about 5.30 in the morning, and I was driving home, utterly exhausted from the grueling night that I had just endured, when suddenly I began to feel my chest tighten to the point that I began to sweat uncontrollably, and the next thing I knew, I couldn't breathe. My chest was growing tighter and tighter, and it began to move up into my throat. And I started to think to myself, Stephen, are you having a heart attack? The next thing I knew, my vision began to blur, and I was forced to pull my car off to the side of the road and call 911. I suddenly found myself surrounded by all kinds of doctors and nurses, all plugging me up to these heart monitors, this tube and that tube, and hey, give me your finger and stick out your tongue, and suddenly there's another nurse over here pulling my arm to give me some sort of an injection. It was a flurry of activity at first, but that began to slowly fade away until I found myself being moved in the hallway, laying on a stretcher and told that someone would come talk to me in a few minutes. It was all a big blur, and I was dazed and confused and didn't really know what to think or even what was going on with me. It wasn't long before a doctor came to talk to me, and I could tell by the look on his face that he wasn't pleased. I felt like I had been called into the principal's office in grade school. Had I done something wrong? Mr. Diamond, he says. You are not having a heart attack, my friend. You are having a panic attack. And I suggest that you go home and get some rest, because we need the bed. You'll be fine. You're free to go. Free to go, I said. And before I could even sit up, that doctor, and I use that term very loosely, had simply disappeared. He couldn't have cared any less. I had so many questions, and there was no one there to answer them for me. In fact, I sort of got the feeling that they were pressuring me to leave the building. This feeling of guilt and shame came over me, and I called an Uber and sat on the curb outside of the ER and waited to be taken home. 
The sun was coming up and I just didn't understand what had happened. And I sort of felt like a vampire who just needed some blood. That felt like no panic attack. To me, it felt like a heart attack. It felt like I was dying. I thought to myself as I crawled into my Uber, what's wrong with me? I was feeling weak and unsure and kind of sick to my stomach, to be honest. But the truth was, it was a panic attack. You see, panic attacks bring about a sense of loss of control, which can make you feel helpless in stopping them. Breaking panic attacks down into phases and symptoms makes it easier to recognize when they are coming on and can allow you to interrupt them before they become too overwhelming. Now, before I reveal the true cause of panic attacks and what you can do to actually stop them, I really want you to understand that being able to spot a panic attack coming on is the key to learning exactly how to control them and eventually stop them from ever happening in the first place. The first step in managing a panic attack is being able to recognize when it's actually going to happen. Even though you might feel like you're dying and even convince yourself that that is exactly what is happening, just as I did when I pulled my car over to the side of the road and called 911, that is not the reality of the situation. That's just how you feel. And just because you feel that way doesn't make it true, no matter how convinced you are. Now, we could say that's the truth about a lot of things in life. But right now, we'll stick to panic attacks. I'm about to reveal the most closely guarded secret about panic attacks. Now, listen carefully, because this is really important life-saving information here. The single most important thing to remember is that a panic attack cannot kill you. You will not die from having a panic attack. No way, no how. Even when you feel like you are. I did. But the truth was I wasn't. Panic attacks most often impact the entire body and mind. And along with the physical symptoms, they bring about these feelings of doom and dread and intense fear. They usually come on without warning, and their cause may be unknown, meaning that you might not never know just what triggered that panic attack. So don't put too much energy into thinking about why it happened, because the truth is, that doesn't matter. It's in the past. Focus more on how to spot them before they occur and know exactly what to do when they happen. That's the real secret. Panic attacks can feel so distressing that it can actually convince that person as though they're dying. And the experience of having a panic attack can bring on additional fear and anxiety of future panic attacks, which, if left unchecked, can become a disorder all on its own. If you begin to worry about having panic attacks, you need to learn some of the real-world skills like those I teach in my online course at lifeskillsmasterclass.com.
Panic attacks are commonly mistaken for heart attacks, strokes, or other serious medical conditions given their sudden onset and intense physical symptoms. Now, while you're having a panic attack, you might experience things like a racing heart or heart palpitations, which just really means that your heart begins to flutter and pound so hard that it feels like it's going to pop right out of your chest. You might start sweating or shaking or feel like you're trembling. You might have shortness of breath or a choking sensation. Your chest might uh, tighten and it might feel like that it's squeezing you a little bit. You might get nauseous. You might be dizzy and have some lightheadedness. You might even experience chills or hot flashes. Now, even though panic attacks may be characterized by one or more of these symptoms, not all of them need to be present during an episode. That's really important to remember as well. So what causes a panic attack? Well, the answer might surprise you. The real cause of panic attacks is, are you ready? Drum roll, please. The real cause of panic attacks are you. You cause them. They happen when your mind races out of control with endless mind chatter for weeks, days, months on end. I have always felt like panic attacks were your body's way of hitting the reset button of sorts. I think of it as tripping an electrical breaker kind of thing, without knowing how to spot them coming or having the clearly defined skills under your belt to manage them when they do start coming. You are basically a sitting duck for them to have their way with you as they will. Panic attacks can occur for a number of reasons. Some of the most common categories include, and I want you to be careful to understand that these are categories. So the first type of category is called unrelated to any specific trigger or the unexpected. Now, these type of panic attacks can even occur when you are relaxed and deep asleep, and they are the most common type of panic attacks. The next category is called situational induced. These occur as a response to something specific and expected, such as being in an enclosed space. They happen in anticipation of a trigger or immediately after exposure to it. Now, this is what happened to me that night coming home from Caesar's Palace. The next category is called situational predisposed. With these type of attacks, a trigger often causes a panic attack, but not always. For example, having a fear of tigers and then suddenly seeing a tiger might bring on a panic attack. But sometimes an attack won't happen at all or one might occur after the trigger is no longer present. Now the next category is called emotionally induced. These type of panic attacks are brought on by a special highly emotional circumstance. These type of attacks are common at night and they can be things like a funeral for example. A funeral could bring on a panic attack and that's an emotionally induced type of situation. And then the final category is called situational. 
These types of panic attacks are common with specific types of phobia like social phobias. They're also common in panic disorders. Knowing the situations and triggers that may cause panic attacks can help you prepare for them. Having tools ready to use when needed offers some control over the situation and can lessen the intensity of symptoms or even stop the panic attack from ever occurring at all. These periods of high stress or facing a known cause of extreme worry can bring on a panic attack. In these situations and circumstances, paying attention to the body and practicing relaxation techniques can actually help stop the symptoms before they happen or before they worsen. Panic attacks feel different for everybody. Some people might have physical symptoms first, followed by an emotional symptoms, while others have emotional symptoms first or experience various symptoms at the same time. Regardless of how the panic attack feels, once it starts, there's always a way to lessen or even stop the symptoms if you know how. Panic attacks may feel like they're never ending, but the truth is they usually peak within about 10 minutes. Keeping this in mind and using techniques that bring relaxation, distraction, and mindfulness can lessen symptoms during a panic attack. Relaxation techniques can actually help prevent hyperventilation and slow down a racing heart and interrupt the body's natural panic response to extreme stress. Some examples include Things like the 478 breathing technique. Now, this is a technique I've taught to so many people, and it really, really works if you will try it. It sounds a little silly, and you might think because it's so simple that it's not going to work, but trust me, this really does work. Here's how it works First, you'll take a deep, slow breath in for the mental count of four, hold that breath for the mental count of seven and then breathe out slowly exhaling for the count of eight now this is why it's called the four seven eight breathing technique you breathe in for the count of four hold it for the breath for the mental count of seven and then breathe out to the mental count of eight when you're exhaling Focus a mental image in your head of your entire body just letting go. I promise this will work if you'll give it a shot. Now the next technique is called meditative breathing. It's really simple to do. You just focus on your breath as it enters and leaves the body. As thoughts or distractions enter the mind, just simply acknowledge them and then bring your focus back to your breathing. It's really that simple. Now this is a great meditative breathing technique and I use this one personally myself just recently. I used it on a flight in which the entire plane seemed to be upset at everything and everyone was just really tense and stressed out and I could feel the tension inside of the plane and I just stopped myself became present and began my meditative breathing. And the next thing you knew, I was back in control. 
Now, this next one I'm going to teach you. I have taught to literally thousands of people all over the world who no longer experience panic attacks. It's that powerful. This super secret, simple technique truly works and it will instantly calm you down and bring you back to mental clarity. I like to call it the Jedi grounding technique. <laughs> yes, I'm dating myself and I am a Star Wars fan, so there you go. Now here's how it works. Combine a focus on your breathing with a grounding experience like drawing circles on the palm of one hand with a finger of the other. Doing this distracts the mind and brings attention back to the body. But you want your focus to be on your breathing, not the circles you're drawing in your hand. That's the trick. Let your mind naturally wander as you watch your finger draw the invisible circle in the palm of your hand, all while maintaining a deep focus on your breathing. Breathing long, slow, deep breaths. And before you know it, that panic has simply vanished. Just like magic, distraction, or as magicians call it, misdirection, can help by taking the focus off of the fear and other symptoms being experienced in that moment. Distraction can happen by doing something else, visualizing something else, or focusing on something else. Even just sitting quietly petting your dog while you focus on your breathing can actually work quite well. Now, here are some other great ways to use distraction techniques. Try getting some exercise. Go for a quick walk outside to change the environment and change your heart and breathing rates. Listen to this podcast while you're doing it. When you get stressed out or you feel like a panic attack is coming, put this podcast on and listen to it while you're on a walk. And I promise you, the techniques that I'm teaching you and will remind you of on that walk will stop or slow the panic attack. The next one is use visualization. Think about a place that brings feelings of calm and happiness. This can be real or an imagined place. Add as many details as possible, including all the sights and smells and sounds and tastes and feelings that you might create for this wonderful place of your own imagination. In my online course at lifeskillsmasterclass.com, I provide you with weekly guided visual journeys for exactly this purpose. I teach you how to retrain the mind from chaos and panic to stillness, soothing clarity, and peaceful calm. When you have a calm mind, you make better decisions in your life, and you'll live a better life as a result of that. Because better thinking equals better results. Now the next technique is really simple as well. Give the senses a jolt. To interrupt the automatic reactions that are happening in your panic attacks, use a strong smell like peppermint oil, for example, or sometimes I like to use lavender. Or touch something really cold like an ice cube to snap the body and mind out of its current situation. 
mindfulness helps keep the mind in the present moment. And since anxiety is related to having intense fear about the future or the unknown, using mindfulness lessens anxiety symptoms and brings the focus to the here and now. Now let's talk about some mindfulness exercises that you might include in your routine to stop your panic attacks. A popular one that you'll learn in therapy is called naming objects. You basically look around the room and name as many objects as possible of a certain color. For example, you can look around and see a chair, pick the color purple for example, and name all the objects in the room that are are the color purple. Or look around the room and pick all the things that are red or green or whatever color you want, but start naming those objects of a specific color. And even change the color and keep going if you need more. The next one is using the senses. Name five things in the room that can be heard. Five things that could be seen. Five things that could be felt. Five things that could be tasted. Five things that you might smell, all within your visual distance. Notice textures, flavors, and add as many details as possible. Really engage that imagination. That's the secret to making this particular technique work. The next technique is noticing the body. Do a complete body scan in your mind by thinking about each body part and how it feels. Tense and relax each muscle during the scan. Move slowly up the body from the toes to the top of the head, picturing each part relaxing as you go along the way. Now that you know what a panic attack is, and you know that it cannot kill you, and you also know exactly how to stop it, what do you do after the panic attack is over? No one ever talks or tells you about that. So I wanted to include that today as a really important part of this broadcast. After a panic attack is over, it's so important to practice self-care. Doing some light exercise or stretching, taking a relaxing bubble bath, or listening to soothing music can help bring the body and mind back to a calmer state. And this is so important. Do not skip this step. It's really important to allow your body to reset itself. And only once the mind is calm and the body is in a state of well-being can this process unfold. One of my own personal techniques is to keep a journal for tracking panic attacks. When I was in therapy many years ago, I learned this technique and I really applied it and it worked well for me. When, when the panic attack happens, you want to get into your journal and start uh, listing all of the details like when they happened, what happened, what were the emotions that you felt, and what did you experience do you know what triggered it? Or maybe you don't know what triggered it. What was the date and time that it happened? And where were you when you experienced it? Try to write down everything and anything that you can remember that led up to it, including any potential triggers. Keep track of as many details as possible, including any thoughts or feelings that came up before or during or even after the panic attacks. 
over time, that journal will help you identify trends that can allow you to prepare for the next one. Now, this next statement is so important. Remember, panic attacks are not your fault. They can feel like lonely experiences, but they're very common and most people will experience them throughout their lives. Most people recover completely from panic attacks without requiring any treatment at all. And very few people ever develop a panic disorder after having a panic attack. So don't let your mind go there either. Most panic attacks last less than 10 minutes, as I mentioned before. And because it's difficult for your body to sustain it for any longer than that, it has to let go at some point. So that's a useful thought as well. Now, I'm not a doctor and I'm not giving you medical advice. I'm just telling you what works for me and what I've taught thousands of other people and know that it's worked for them as well. So please consult your doctor if you feel like your panic attacks might be something more serious. Whether you've experienced one or many panic attacks, the physical, emotional, and psychological impact of the symptoms can be extremely distressing. They can really take a toll on your physical and emotional well-being over time. Gaining control over panic attacks means first understanding what is happening and being prepared with effective relaxation and mindfulness techniques to intervene before symptoms become too overwhelming. Remember that controlling panic attacks takes time and experience, and the changes won't happen overnight. Starting small by practicing one new relaxation exercise and noticing triggers will get you started on a path to being able to manage your panic attacks and symptoms on your own. If you feel like you need a more personal solution, please check out my 101 coaching program at stephendiamond.com. I've taught thousands how to regain the control you feel like you've lost in your life. And I assure you that I can help you as well. I'll guide you every step of the way and teach you exactly how to achieve the peace and calm in your life that you rightly deserve. Hey, if you've enjoyed this broadcast, I sure hope that you will consider smashing that subscribe button and join me each week as we learn the secrets, tips, tricks, and techniques to keep those nasty little emotional tigers at bay. Please be kind to each other out there, and remember that every person you meet is dealing with something secret deep inside that you know nothing about. So be kind to each other. We all need each other, and that's exactly what this podcast is all about. I'm Stephen Diamond. I want to thank you so much for sharing a little bit of your day with me. And if you're getting value from this broadcast, please tell your friends. And feel free to share this on all your social media. Hey, thanks for listening. And I'll see you next week.